0: Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring A Back, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Just want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today's guest is Master, well, we're going to call him Mr. Weirdo, and we'll have a story behind that as well. But uh, Rashid Huda. So, Rashid, how are you doing this morning?
1: I am blessed. I am blessed as always. Thank you for asking.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, so because I called you Mr. Weirdo, I, I want to at least make sure my audience doesn't know that I'm going to be picking on my guest, because I don't, and I'm very excited for today's conversation. Could you explain to us what do you mean by Mr. Weirdo and embracing your weirdo?
1: Well, uh, it all started out back in 1985, and I didn't even know that it was starting back then. But um, actually, it was 1984. Uh, I was... I was a counselor at a summer camp in Cleveland, Ohio. I was living in Chicago at the time. And uh, after the camp was over, we were heading home. Uh, One of the fellow counselors, a young lady uh, that I had met there, was flying to Vancouver, where she lived. And she had a change uh, of airplane in Chicago. So we both flew together from uh, Cleveland to Chicago. And that was probably the first time we really had an opportunity to talk to each other in any meaningful way, because, you know, summer camp, you've done uh, summer camps, it's (laughs) it's crazy. Uh, Time goes. So we were talking and just kind of getting to know each other. And somewhere in the conversation, and I don't remember what the conversation was about, I said, I'm kind of weird like that. Hmm. And we both laughed about it, and I didn't think anything of it. But next year on my birthday, I get a birthday card. Well, it wasn't really a birthday card. It was just a card with a cartoon of a group of green people standing on the left side and uh, a purple guy standing by himself on the other side. And the caption on the card said, if the being fails to keep pace with its contemporaries, it is because he hears a different drummer. (laughs) And I opened the card, and inside it said, either that or he's a weirdo. (laughs) And uh, so it was just like, uh, okay, she remembered. Um, And that was that. And then fast forward 12 years, and I was doing a presentation at a network marketing opportunity and I was the opening speaker and I was asked to write an introduction which I did and handed it to the hostess who at first told me she can't read that <laughs> and I insisted that she did because that would set up my you know, presentation that I was going to do and so she did reluctantly apologizing to the audiences all the time saying he made me read this <laughs> what the Basically what the uh, introduction said was Our first speaker this morning Is a man of many unusual characteristics Unusual may not be the right word Weird is more like it (laughs) Not only is he weird He takes pride in the fact that he is weird Now if that's not weird I don't know what weird is So please help me welcome Mr. Weirdo Gotcha So that's where Mr. Weirdo came into existence And I've been hanging with that moniker For the last 25 years And one thing that I want to clarify is Most people put down MR. Weirdo. you mm-hmm. You'll never find me there that way You have to spell out the word Mr. It's M-I-S-T-E-R W-E-I-R-D-O. Whether you put a uh, space between it or not is irrelevant, but spelling out Mister is important. And you you can Google me, and you'll find a few hits there.
0: All right, awesome. Uh, so, how how do you embrace your inner weirdo cur- currently? Because obviously you're not a teenager anymore, and neither am I. But I still go by some of my teenage names.
1: What, what's yeah. your,
0: What's your inner weirdo? How do you embrace that?
1: Well, my inner weirdo. It took me a long time to to find, and initially, I found it as a rebel. Uh, I was rebellious from uh, my teenage years. Uh, I did, I didn't really get rebellious until the last couple of years of my high school, when I kind of. I grew up in India and Pakistan, and. Back there, they don't call it high school. They have a different system. You have primary school, which goes from one to five. And then you have secondary school that goes from five to 10. And then you have intermediate college, which is grade 11th and 12th, which is where you're being prepared to go to college. So you don't have all the restrictions of uh, the primary and secondary school, but you don't have the total freedom of being a college. It's kind of in between there. And in those last two years, the little freedom that I found, uh, I took it to the extremes. (laughs) And I, uh, fortunately, the way our uh, system worked back home, class attendance did not count for a whole lot. Your final exam counted for everything. But in order to get to your final exams, you had to get your uh, teachers to sign on saying he's... Capable of taking the exam and passing it uh, some of my teachers laughed when they had to sign sign me off because they looked at their uh, roll call and I was absent about eighty seven percent of the time from my class
0: so
1: it was my reluctant uh, you know resistance and reluctant and rebellious nature, and I know you love ours I do love my ours uh, <laughs> that that, uh, that Whereas my weirdo first came out and then uh, when I was 19, I came to the United States and went to college here. And so it was kind of a culture shock. There was a change of uh, attitude at that point. I was a little bit rebellious to start with. And then when I came here, I found that what I was told about what the Western culture is was not exactly what i found Mm -hmm. the picture that we were painted like pictures over here are painted about our culture is that they're evil and i found that people aren't evil they're they just do things differently than we did but overall they're they're people. They're yeah, good-hearted
0: it, folks. Th- that's what we have to learn and the most about it. Is we might be all authentic and we might be different, but we're all people. I, one of my best friends in the world, Shahan Islam. Uh, I love mentioning him because he grew up in Bangladesh and he's taught me so much about the community and the, the culture. And he speaks a number of languages. He's actually fluent in German. Uh, and you know what he when I'm talking to him, you know. And, and he goes, Well, you know, I know German. I'm like, I, I didn't realize that. But, and then, he, then he's like, Gives me a whole thing. I, you know, that's why we need to know each other better as human beings. And yes. you, don't know, you don't know what you don't know, but you also don't know what the other people, were. no matter where you are in the world, you might have different cultures and different belief systems. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, we want the same things. Wouldn't you
1: agree? I would agree 100%. At the end of the day, we all want to be loved, liked, and appreciated for who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, brother.
0: Yep. No, I- I- Exactly. Uh, you know, I-, I-, I so appreciate that because uh, that- that's really what it comes down to is, is how we appreciate uh, all the things in our life, that gratitude. So what are the, some, some, some of the things that bring you peace and love and, and gratitude uh, as you're embracing your, your weirdo? And it's really not weird, all right. It's it's really just who you are and embracing yeah. your authenticity. Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, well, see, my my son has a saying that everybody is unique. No big deal. But you gotta be weird to matter. And he says, if you're not weird, there's something wrong with you. So when I say the word weird, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, I I mean it in taking pride ways. So I'm proud, proud to be a weirdo. What brings me uh, peace and, well, I grew up in a uh, religious family. And uh, later on what I learned in life was there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual. Mm. you can belong to different religions, but if you're not spiritual in your nature, you'll be fighting with each other, trying to prove my religion is better than, my religion is the only path to salvation. Yeah. Uh, So uh, what keeps me peaceful and centered is knowing that uh, (laughs) I was having a discussion with... uh, a fellow worker about uh, his faith and my faith, and we were talking, and he was trying to tell me what my faith was, insisting (laughs) upon his understanding of what my faith is, and I tried to explain to him uh, the way I interpreted my faith. Mm -hmm. And he got frustrated, and he goes, oh, you're nothing but a effing humanist. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm a humanist.
0: We all should be, right. That's
1: that's what my faith is. Right. That's what my faith teaches, that God sent a messenger to every nation in the world. So everybody has the same message. They just live it differently. They understand it differently. And unfortunately, along the way, uh, organized religion uh, decided that's the only way to do it or everything else is wrong. And uh, well, that's it's unfortunate. A, that's the powerful that's,
0: point, right? Isn't that the powerful point? Is that everybody's perspective is different? Even if we're experiencing the same thing uh, at the same time, we we could still have a different filter based on everything else. It's that's yep. a great way of looking at it. That each person is a messenger from God. Most of us won't disagree with a, with that statement. You know, some people might because they're atheists, and and I respect that. But if you believe you're you're a gift from God, and Everybody's a gift from God. It's what you do with it and your beliefs. We're so stuck in our beliefs that really then that's where the troubles begin. Is If I'm so stuck in my beliefs that I won't allow you to believe anything other than what I say, that's a big challenge. How yeah. do you overcome some, some things that, you know, obviously you've met some challenges along your way?
1: Yes. Um, you know, what I... Found is by just being who I am, uh, people get to know me. I let allow people to know who I am, and the way I live is who I am. And when I connect, when I explain to them that the way I live is based on my spiritual thinking, mm-hmm. uh, people would say, "Okay, yeah, we have differences of faith, uh, but." I like you as a person, and uh, so it. That becomes a secondary issue in in our relationship. Who we are is is becomes more important and more of primal nature than uh, what brand of religion uh, that we follow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's all about the person because that's the. The old story about the the person who goes to church every sunday but the rest of the week they do whatever they need to do or and it goes that with, with any religion so you know for judaism on saturday if you you can go to temple every saturday but if the rest of the, the week you're you're living a lot li- a life of you know not following those tenets, it doesn't matter that you go on saturday it, it's you got to live it every day that's consistency so what are some of the things that you do uh, consistently to keep yourself focused on your your goals?
1: Well, that's a loaded question.
0: I like loaded um, questions.
1: <laughs> well, before I get into that, uh, back to your point of uh, living your life and uh, practicing your faith as a dichotomy in life. I, I remember reading something where... Uh, the guy sitting in, in, in church Thinking about playing golf And there's a guy playing golf Praising God for the beauty And the sunshine and the <laughs> freedom That he has So uh, it's all a matter of perspective mm-hmm. As far as keeping Goals in In line and doing all that Stuff you know It it, it may sound weird to you but I'm not A goal oriented Person Uh and despite the fact that I'm not a goal-oriented person, I've I have accomplished um, a lot of things in my life. Mm-hmm. I go by what feels right, and I would decide on. And in a sense, it is uh, in a sense you got to decide what you want to do so that that is a goal. But I'm not your quote-unquote goal-oriented person. You got to have a direction uh, if you're going to go somewhere. Otherwise, you'll end up nowhere or mm-hmm. wherever you end up. So, uh, I do have goals and I do, uh, keep focus. I am very much tuned into my intuition. Mm. I have, my intuition has guided me over my lifetime. Uh, and it is, again, I would go back to my spiritual principles. There is, uh, one of my uh, guiding principles is God doesn't burden a soul more than it can bear. <laughs> so if I wanted to do something, that's God's way of saying, Hey, I'll give you whatever you want to go with it. Because if, if it wasn't for the fact that I can handle it, it wouldn't have been planted in my head in the first place. Uh, Wallace Waddles is one of my favorite authors and he says, a desire to do something is proof that you have within you the power which can do it.
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty powerful because you just have to figure out the right way. Uh, I was just having that conversation with my daughter today. Uh, she was struggling with something, and I go, "Okay, but you know you could do it, and you know just had to help her refocus." And uh, it's powerful when you when you because if you come up with the thoughts, it's all about the action, and that's you know. You just have to figure out, and if you're not good at at doing whatever you want to do, you want to play Major League Baseball. Yes, you could do that. You have to work really hard to do that. It's not just the God given talent. Some of it is talent, but some of it is you got to take those steps to do that.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, when when it is God given talent, it's your it's your gift, and you it's up to you what you do with that. You can take that gift and make the world a better place, or you can take that gift and squander it. Uh, But if you don't have, quote, unquote, um, natural talent to do something, uh, your gift is to show the world that with persistence and love and passion for doing something and sticking to it and putting in the work and having fun, uh, you can achieve it. And I I believe that um, having fun is more important than anything else. When you're having fun, it's not hard work. Oh, right. It's just having fun. To the rest of the world, it may seem like it's hard work uh, that you're
0: putting in so much work and, you you know, they put in so much hard work. No, they didn't. They were just having fun. Yeah, you gotta. Th- that's why you have to find something that you're passionate about, and, and and see how you can make money or be successful doing that. Successful doesn't have to be about money; it has to be about enjoying what you're doing. Like I, yeah. you know, like I, I know you you enjoy your podcast. I mean, I uh, you know you know you know you, you might not you know get the riches, but it it fills a need and it fills the ability to really, you know get you get you exactly what you need. And that's, we need more of that. We need to do more of that uh, and and find. So what are some other things that you do besides your podcast? And of course, talk about your podcast.
1: Well, I, I have been living what I call a freedom lifestyle for the last uh, 10, 12 years. And the way I define freedom lifestyle is the ability to uh, arrange your work in a way that It is part of your life, not the focus of your life. Uh, The way we are taught in the Western world, your first and foremost importance or first and foremost thing to do in life is to get a job and make money. And everything else has to work around that. Uh, Freedom lifestyle is where you take what you want and how you want to live and put that in the circle center and then work everything around that, including your work. So um, 12 years ago, I got um, – well, now it's 14 years now. The last two years just kind of seemed like didn't exist. <clears throat> but Back in 2008, um, after a second-time failure in a big, you bu- know, major business, I was broke, had no money, and faced with a situation of uh, – Either go back to work for somebody else, which I swear I'm never going to do, uh, and um, find find something else. So I ended up reinventing myself as a balloon twister. And oh. <laughs> uh, I made balloon animals for the kids, and uh, it was fun. And uh, I was able to schedule my own time whenever, you know, I found places that needed um that would allow me to go play in the restaurants and uh, people would pay me to hand out balloons to their kids. And uh, what I found interesting was not only was I getting paid for uh, entertaining the kids, I was also getting paid to promote my business because I was handing out my business cards and people were hiring me to go to parties, you know, birthday parties and events. And so so it was a, a wonderful way of promoting my business and getting paid at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so that's, that's that was the beginning of my freedom lifestyle. And then when my kids went off to college, I decided to become a nomad and uh, moved into my van and built uh, a makeshift bed, put all my belongings under the bed, and I hit the road. And for 10 years, I traveled around the country, visiting every one of the lower 48 states, and handing out balloons because when I gave away the balloons, people gave away money and right. it worked wonderful. So, that in a natural, these days, uh, I coach people on how to uh, take their gifts and turn it into a business so that they can be happy because their work and their uh, gifts, I wanted to say.
0: We'll be back in a moment.
2: Hi there, I'm Lainey, and I'm Estella. And we're interrupting this podcast because we have a question for this audience. Do you or someone you know live with a disability or a chronic condition? If yes, you're not alone. One in five people in the U.S. do. We're the hosts of the Embrace It podcast, where we share tips, tools, and inspiration for everyday living with all types of disabilities. Our interviews with badass disability advocates will boost your confidence in all areas of life, including travel, fashion, relationships, career, and more. So walk or roll on over to your favorite podcast player and subscribe to Embrace It with Lainey and Estella. And now back to the show you were listening to, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios.
0: You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetzky. So how how is it that you... Well, let 's talk about some of your gifts what, what is, do you have a favorite gift do you have something that like your go to like I, I know I have a go to I use a lot of different resources and uh, I definitely have a, a, a go to my my reset button how
1: about yourself well my my go to resource is service uh, I believe that when you serve uh, the na- the world mm-hmm. it's it's a very uh, of Way of, you know, like I said, I gave away balloons and people gave away money. So when you give away your gifts, and my gift is is service, making people, uh, helping people in what they want, and understanding that is, is a challenge, is something that I am beginning to see for a long time. I was me focused, how am I going to, you know, show how how good I am and how great my life is, and and I remember my first paid speaking gig, uh, I was so full of myself, uh, nobody wanted to talk to me after the speech, uh, and they wouldn't even uh, recommend, leaving alone recommending me, they didn't even want to talk to me about it, but that's, that was 50. 15 years ago, over the years, I learned that when you take the focus off yourself and focus on the people that you're trying to help and find out what it is that they need that you have to offer them, and then just give it to them. Don't worry about whether you get paid for or not. Again, going back to my spiritual principles, God pays the highest interest on your investments.
0: Exactly, you know, and and that that's that that's great. You know, I I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that (laughs) Uh, because because it it really is true. That was one of the things that I learned. Uh, You know, I had a nickname growing up. We were talking about high school, Kid Ego, and uh, when I went through my biggest troubles, I I didn't realize how much of my ego was being fed for different parts of my life. But once I allowed Kid Ego to die, and don't get me wrong, Kid Ego is still alive, but. I know now my focus is all on service as Muhammad Ali says, you know, service is the price we pay for living on earth. Uh, So, you know, that's why, and it's not about me. You know, that's why when they go, well, how do you help people? I go, I help people by giving them resources, allowing them to know resources, but it's them. I could be the best. You could go to Sigmund Freud and do all the changes, but it's not, it's only because he had the knowledge to give you, to guide you. If you don't want to do it, Resistance is one of the ba- biggest things that we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the biggest obstacle that most of us have to overcome. Now, before I just want to ask you because you're talking about your your twist animals. What's your favorite twist animal?
1: Uh, well, you know it's when when I did this, uh, I I looked at it as a more of a skill than a passion. So for me, it was not so much of an art; it was a craft. And uh, my favorite was a butterfly mm. that I twisted. That was the first one that I created on my own, so to speak. And I don't want to say I created it on my own; uh, it was given to me. It was a gift, and I and I that's how I look at it. God gives you gifts, and you give them away and uh, make the world a better place and butterfly was a common thing that people asked for the children you know love butterflies and the butterfly that i had learned was hard cumbersome and it didn't really look like a butterfly and there was one day somebody asked for two hearts and um they wanted the hearts to put together and i asked them you know I was trying to put it together the way I usually, I said, do you want them interlocking or, you know, I was trying to figure out how she wanted it put together. And she said, no, just put them both side by side and combine them. So I did that. And all of a sudden I had two hearts like that. And I go, oh, there's my butterfly. So I just, you know, made a little changes, put a little antenna. And uh, the wings became uh the hearts became the wings and as I moved forward I learned to change it a little bit so it actually looks like a butterfly when you get it when you get done with it.
0: See, you just needed to put a little heart into it and that was yeah, it. You know, the, the like the, it Yeah, we, we always talk about heart here, but also I also talk about the butterfly. I mean just uh you know, I know you're talking oh, about the absolutely. twist animal, but the butterfly uh, you know, it's an ugly process going from the caterpillar to the cocoon where it, the metamorphosis that eventually turns into the butterfly and the beautiful things. And, uh, you know, we use that metaphor a lot as well as the phoenix. So what are some things that you would rose out of uh, in the phoenix metaphor? Or how have you grown from the, that teenage boy who first started accepting that maybe he was a weirdo to the person who you are now? I'm sure there's been lots of growth.
1: Oh gosh! yes, gosh yes uh, over the years i have um yeah i had I have always been a curious type I was fascinated with with nature. I was fascinated with how things work and uh so over the years, two things that guided my career path, so to speak, one was something interesting to do. And the other one was, uh, it's got to work around who I am, or I wasn't interested in the in, in the work. So I remember, particularly, remember interviewing for a job as a restaurant manager, and um, the guy who was interviewing me asked me uh, where have I worked, and I jokingly said, "Ask me where I have, and there'll be a shorter list." <laughs> So, you know, that's how uh, I had uh, always has been for me is uh, I, I never stayed at a job too long because um, plain and simple, it's just, uh, it was too restrictive and it was too much of a do it my way or don't do it. And I would say, okay, so I'm going to go do something else mm-hmm. uh, because I see a better way of doing it. If you're not interested in it. uh That's your problem, not mine. I'll go figure out something else. Uh, So um, that's how my life has progressed over the years. I've I've done different things. I have made a list of, see, part of what I do as a um, coach for Freedom Lifestyle Mm -hmm. is I get people to write down the, the different things that they have done in their life. Whether for work or non-work related, but you make separate lists of your work experience, your non-work experience, Mm -hmm. and then things that you do because you like it. So your your career experiences, your volunteer experiences, and your passionate experiences. When I did that exercise for myself. I had fifty-one things that I have done in my life to get paid. Yep, that, that's, incredible. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. And and I was like, I was amazed with that. Um, and, so and, and, and then some and, of them
0: and, I only did it for one day, and some of them I did it for a long time. Okay, and one of those things, uh, you know, I know also, you know, we're also uh, toastmasters. You you were like an area governor or or king or so or something like that. Uh, so, you know, um, but, but it, it is really following your passions. And uh, so, you know, it, it, and that's one of those things is once you find, and, and as we say in Toastmasters, you know, everything you do can be turned into a story. That's part of that gratitude. If you really think about it, yes. that's how it, it all gets turned into something else. And um, so what, what are some of the passions that you are still looking to follow? Because we should always keep growing as you know, our life goes on.
1: Well one of the things that yes, you mentioned Toastmasters and the, the way I got into Toastmasters was that I wanted to become a, a paid speaker a professional speaker and I bought a book which unfortunately is no longer in print uh, the book was called um, put your money where your mouth is how mm-hmm. to make a living in the public speaking and that book it was a very it was a small paperback book full of uh, uh, good information. And one of the things that they talked about in that book was to join Toastmasters to gain experience and and network with other speakers. And so I joined Toastmasters. But when I joined Toastmasters, I had been uh, speaking in public for 35 years. Uh, I was 12 years old when my teacher Roland told me to participate in a, a speech contest in in the, in, in, uh, I was in seventh grade and my first speech was in front of 500 uh, schoolmates, and uh, so from the from the very beginning, the public uh, fear of public speaking went out the window because my first speech was 500 people. Uh, I I was nervous, uh, and I wish I I had saved that picture. Uh, I was fiddling with my shorts while I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's how nervous I was. But uh, so, yeah, I had been speaking and uh, I spoke within our religious community for uh, almost 20 years, uh, Travel around the country, uh, giving speeches at uh, different congregations. Uh, as as large as 3,000 plus and as little as uh, eight people, it it doesn't matter to me how many people that I'm speaking to. Mm -hmm. So speaking is one of those things that I'm really passionate about. Uh, I've got to a point where I have maybe stopped growing in terms of speaking because I'm so comfortable speaking off the cuff. And that's the best way I like to do it. Uh, The way I was inspired to get into speaking especially in the in the um inspirational mm-hmm. spiritual arena was something that uh, a speaker that I was listening to said that uh, the, the way he the system that he follows is that uh, you know he let, he said that he knew that uh, the community knew him as a speaker And so when he went to visit families and he would go to the community center uh, for prayers and stuff, and the head would look at him and say, hey, since you're here, why don't you give us a, uh, you know, sermon or a speech or whatever you want to call it? Why don't you speak to the congregation for a few minutes? And he said, you know, I was always, I hated those things because I wasn't prepared Till one day it dawned on him. Uh, he said I I was asked to do it I wasn't uh, prepared at all and the guy was insistent that I do it wouldn't take no for an answer so I said God please help me uh, speak for me because I don't know what I'm going to say <laughs> and he got up and he delivered his speech and he got a lot of people came up to him and thanked him because it was something that they needed to hear and so that Became my guiding principle, and that's what I did. And over the years, I've found the same result. So, my uh, principle is: I'll just get up and say a little prayer before getting up, and I say, "Hey, it's in your, it's in your hands. I'm just going to be the mouthpiece; you do the talking."
0: I I hear you. You know, and because you never know who's going to hear your message. Uh, You know, that's the power of podcasting and getting up to speak in an audience. You know, there could be five people in the room, but, you know, I once heard this saying, and I've been using it a lot lately, God will bring us to the right place, and it can't be God, right? And I don't, what I mean by, if God walked up to you and was like, Rashid, this is what you have to do, you might not believe it, because you'd be like, oh my God, God, I don't deserve it, and all that imposter syndrome, but if they bring somebody like me to talk to you where god's talking through me or god talks to you through whoever needs to hear it we'll believe it a little bit differently and yes the message really is is that god shows up in the strangest places and to really listen to the messages that other people give you as well it's once we listen to that that's god's way of saying i'm staying anonymous i'm staying out of this but here's the message you need to have
1: right uh, I remember two years ago when I was last year, actually, um, I was competing at Toastmaster uh, speech contest and I went to a club to uh, practice my speech and get some feedback mm-hmm. so I can improve on that. And when I got done uh, in Toastmasters, we have what we call love notes, which is basically people give you little notes at the end of your speech to uh, give provide feedback of mm-hmm. uh, what they thought and what you can do better. And one of the notes that I got, and I still have it somewhere over here on my messy desk. Uh, this lady said, "I don't know if the stories you told me was if it was a true story, but I know everything happens for a reason, and you were here today for me."
0: Exactly, you know.
1: And that was, yeah, that that's an humbling experience.
0: That, uh, it, yeah. it's tremendously humbling. Uh, you, you know, that was what happened on my TEDx, uh, you know, uh, I did my TEDx and it was about mental health. And the first time I really spoke publicly about my suicide attempt and, you know, I, and I was like, okay, it was a big speed. It was a big, um, it was a heavy speech, you know. The, you right. know uh, because of the, the, the it was. A, that's what the, the morning I woke up and I was like, "This is the you know." I've told people about it, but this is the first time you are telling the world to it, and you wanted to put the power behind it, and it, it was a little uh, daunting for me. But the, the magic part, and that's where I am going, is that nine people reached out to me who I didn't know, and they found ways to reach out to me, and they needed to hear those that message. It was people who I didn't know. Uh, it was stories that you didn't know And that's really powerful When somebody reaches out To hear your message And that's again the, To me the message of the universe uh, yes. it, it, It's it's that magic piece
1: and Two things uh, I wanted to say at this point One is uh, I remember a story from Dr. Wayne Dyer He was on a radio show Talking about stuff that he talked about earlier in his career and somebody called in to thank him because this person said that he was sitting at the riverbank in his car oh, excuse me. getting ready to drive into the river in an attempt to kill himself and um, he decided to Hold on and listen to the radio before he would, uh, drove the car into the river. And uh, listening to the radio, he said he changed his perspective. Uh, he changed his mind about killing himself and he's going to go back and uh, take responsibility and uh, do. So, same thing that you were talking about at that point. It's just uh, God plays anonymously uh, in a way. The second thing that I wanted to. Uh, Talk about when you mentioned the TED talk, uh, we have a we have a mutual friend, Michael Davies.
0: Yes, yes, he, he he's going he, to yeah. I've I've recorded his uh, episode and uh, he'll come on a little bit before you do, but uh, yeah, he's an amazing right. gentleman. So it
1: was I was talking to him last week. Uh, he is a a TED talk coach. Yep. And um, so I was talking to him about my interest in uh, doing a TED talk and. He keeps telling me, "Yes, you have a TED talk. Yes, you have a TED talk." So, I finally talked to him, and uh, I was mentioning your, you know, you and um, your TED talk. And he goes, "I know that guy.
0: <laughs> Small world." Well, that's what it is. So, it is. We're all connected, and you just have to absolutely, uh, you know. Again, there's no way that you we would meet without some social media, but it's also it's just God's way of saying, "Hey, you guys need to connect." And whatever message you're going to put out, that's going to be needed for somebody, and that's really love so i, I, I uh as we're wrapping up this episode, do you have any final seeds of knowledge that you'd like to share uh, with us today?
1: Well, the best thing that I can tell you, and then I posted this a couple of days ago on Facebook, very simple, is make a commitment, take the first step, look for miracles. Take the next step. Take the next step. Watch the miracles. And enjoy your life.
0: That's awesome. And that's exactly what we should just keep doing. Keep stepping forward. And there's miracles all around us. Thank you so much, Rashid. I appreciate your your time.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Okay. And everybody, take exactly what Rashid had said and take those steps. Find those peace and love in your life. And when you're bringing a bat... Swing for the sweet spot and knock it out of the park. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, love, and bring a bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at DavidShemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries. reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.